Welcome in everyone to the Lucky Shots podcast. Just did the live stream on Twitch. I forgot to hit the record button, so we're going to run through everything again if you didn't catch it during the Twitch stream. Uh, Let's get into the injury report. We're going to run through all this very fast. I just spent however long doing the other uh, stream, so it's going to be run through pretty quickly today uh, for the YouTube Get into the injury report. Dak Prescott had that hand injury. He's expected to be back weeks four or five. Herbert fractured cartilage in his ribs. He is questionable for this week. Trey Lance broke his ankle. He is out for the season. Jimmy Garoppolo now takes over that spot. James Conner hurt his ankle last week. It's supposedly not severe, but he is questionable going into this week. Alvin Kamara uh, hurt his ribs. Was out last week, still questionable for this week. Gabe Davis, with that ankle injury, was out this past week. Uh, Questionable going into this week as well. Michael Gallup, who's had a knee injury, uh, is possible to be back this week. Jerry Judy hurt his ribs last week uh, during his game. He is uh, diagnosed day-to-day right now, so we'll see. Have to keep updated on how he's doing. Michael Pittman, who was a late addition last week to the injury report with a quad injury, is still questionable. He's a maybe going into week three. McCole Hardman, ankle injury, questionable going into week three. Hunter Renfro suffered a concussion. He's got to get through that protocol, and we'll see if he's able to get back uh, this coming week. Keenan Allen was out last week with a hamstring injury, still continues to be questionable. Uh, Mike Evans, it's not an injury report. But he uh, was suspended last week for his altercation with Marshawn Lattimore. So he will not be in this week. Kind of hard news because Chris Godwin is still questionable with a hamstring injury. Julio Jones still questionable with a knee injury. Uh, But the nice thing, kind of silver lining, is there's a possibility that uh, Cole Beasley will be uh, with the team this coming week. They're looking at getting him in there. So if he passes, you know, all the health tests, the physicals, uh, there's a possibility he could suit up this week. Might be tough. He doesn't really know the um, playbook, but if he's the all that they got, they'll put him out there uh, along with like Scotty Miller, things like that. Uh, But let's hop into the fantasy heroes and heartbreaks from last week. The quarterbacks, you had Lamar Jackson score 42.62 fantasy points, 318 through the air, 119 on the ground, three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. You had Tua with 38.82 fantasy points, 469 yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions in that game against Lamar Jackson, and four of those touchdowns were in the fourth quarter. Then you had Jalen Hurts go out on Monday night. He had 33.02 fantasy points, 333 through the air. 57 on the ground, a passing touchdown, two rushing touchdowns, and an interception. Those rushing touchdowns, obviously nice because in most leagues, rushing touchdowns count for more than passing touchdowns. Heartbreaks at the quarterback position, you had Russell Wilson, 11.06 fantasy points, 219 yards passing, a touchdown, and an interception. That offense, just not getting going, and Russell Wilson, still not scoring fantasy points like you would have hoped. Tom Brady, 9.4, only 190 passing yards, a touchdown, and a fumble. Again, that offense not looking like it should. Maybe it's Brady's age catching up. Maybe it's just uh, who knows. But hopefully the Buccaneers get that figured out. 
probably not this week with all their wide receivers possibly out. Then you had Kirk Cousins, who's normally Mr. Garbage Time himself. He had 8.4 fantasy points, 221 through the air, 20 on the ground, a touchdown, but three interceptions. Had more chances at touchdowns. (laughs) They turned into interceptions, so you didn't get uh, quite what you were hoping out of Kirk Cousins. The running back position. Nick Chubb had 32.3 fantasy points, 87 yards on the ground, but three rushing touchdowns. That'll get the job for done for you uh, every week. Three catches for 26 yards to add on to that. Aaron Jones, finally, you give the guy the ball. He's going to make things happen. He got 32 points this past week, 132 on the ground, a touchdown on the ground as well, with three catches for 38 yards and a touchdown through the air. So again, I think... You know, he should be the guy. He should get more of that uh, workload. Right now, it's still kind of split pretty evenly. I think he uh, ought to get the nod uh, and get more weeks like a 32-point fantasy week. And then Tony Pollard led the Cowboys' backfield with 19.8 fantasy points, 43 on the ground, a touchdown, four catches for 55 yards. Uh, He's another guy that probably should get the nod over Ezekiel Elliott, but... That's probably not going to happen. Heartbreaks for the running back position. You had Dalvin Cook, 7.6 fantasy points, 17 yards on the ground, four catches for 19 yards, and that was it. Jonathan Taylor, the presumable number one pick for most every league this year, only got 7.3 with 54 rushing yards, one catch, and nine yards through the air. He's the focal point of that offense. I don't understand why they... Don't use him that way uh, so far this year. Yeah, he had a lot of points last week, but he could have had even more. Should have had two extra touchdowns uh, in week one. Didn't get it done this past week. Cordero Patterson, after his big week, only came out with 41 rushing yards, translating to 4.1 fantasy points. At the wide receiver position, the heroes, you had Stephon Diggs with 44.8 points. That's because he had 12 catches, 148 yards, and three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, because of the six touchdowns from Tua, uh, had big games. Tyreek Hill finished with 42 fantasy points, 11 catches, 190 yards, and two touchdowns. Jalen Waddell, just behind him with 40.1 fantasy points on 11 catches, 171 yards, and two touchdowns. The wide receiver position, Devontae Adams only had 9.2 fantasy points, and that's because he caught a touchdown. Other than that, he had two catches for 12 yards, so tough week for him. I expect to bounce back this week uh, for Adams and the Raiders. Mike Evans got thrown out of the game, only had 9.1 up to that point with three catches for 61 yards. Obviously going to be out this week as well, so uh, rough couple weeks for Mike Evans' owners. And then Darnell Mooney put up a fat goose egg in week one, improved to 0.6 this week with one catch for negative four yards. I think it might be time to start fading off Darnell Mooney. At the tight end position, Mark Andrews, usual suspect, got 25.7 fantasy points, nine catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown, uh, and even tacked on three rushing yards. So he got involved almost everywhere uh, this week. Darren Waller had 17 points. Six catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Again, I think it's going to be a bigger week for uh, Vegas. Possibly he adds on to that this coming week. And then Zach Ertz had 15.5 fantasy points, eight catches, 75 yards. Didn't have a touchdown, but imagine if he 
has that same stat line, adds it on to uh, a touchdown this coming week, it'll be another big week for him. Fantasy heartbreaks at the tight end position. TJ Hawkinson, 5.6 on three catches and 26 yards. Hasn't been a good start to the season for him. Amon Ross St. Brown's taking over. Hopefully TJ Hawkinson can work himself back into that. Kyle Pitts, we're going to talk about him in the rant, but he only had 3.9 fantasy points for two catches and 19 yards. The literal exact same stat line he had in week one. What's going on? It's stupid. Dalton Schultz, he had 1.8 fantasy points, two catches, 28 yards. Not what you hope to see from uh, last year's, one of last year's most consistent tight ends. Uh, Didn't get it done this week. Let's get on to the rant. Tom Brady, that's who we're starting the rant with. Only 201 passing yards on average with a touchdown and turnover per game, only averaging 9.89 fantasy points. This offense doesn't look in sync. Now he's missing a bunch of wide receivers. His age possibly is starting to catch up. His personal stuff possibly starting to catch up. Don't care about any of it. He's got to start putting together fantasy weeks. Because we drafted him that way, he's got to be somebody starting quarterback in a league. This is not what you expected out of a Tampa Bay offense and out of Tom Brady, who's normally pretty dang good because he's got about 5,000 passing yards a season. Javante Williams, the Broncos need to get Melvin Gordon out of the backfield unless Javante is tired. Javante in week one had seven carries, 43 yards, 11 catches for 65 yards. Week two had 15 carries for 75 yards and a catch for 10 yards. He's averaging 5.7 yards per touch. Why is he not touching the ball more? Why is this offense trying to do all this other stuff instead of setting up everything through the run game and through Javante Williams? Second and five seems pretty dang easy. Fourth and five seems pretty dang easy if you have Javante Williams picking up five yards every time he touches the ball. Don't know why they continue to put Melvin Gordon in the game. Javante should have 30 carries a game, 30 touches in any sort during a football game for the Broncos. Hopefully that starts translating into more fantasy points as well. Brandon Cooks, the targets have been there. The opportunity's been there. He just hasn't capitalized. 22 targets, meaning he's got 11 targets per game, but he's only converted half of those into actual catches with 11 catches this year. He's just got to make it happen. He's getting a good amount of targets. I mean, 11 targets for any receiver is fantasy gold. He's just not making it happen so far. Hopefully, hopefully he starts getting into uh, the at least 15 to 20 point tier every single week because he is that caliber of a wide receiver. And then Kyle Pitts just outlined that he had the same exact shitty stat line he had last week when the reporters asked his head coach, why isn't Kyle Pitts more involved? This asshole said, it's not fantasy football. We're trying to win. How many wins do you have? None. How many catches does Kyle Pitts have? Four. He's the best player on your team. Get him the damn ball. I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's not fantasy football. But guess what? You'll help out fantasy owners when you start helping out your team and giving Kyle Pitts the football. Don't understand why he's not being more targeted. 
it's obviously a terrible coaching decision to not put the ball in Kyle Pitts' hands. So hopefully that starts to change, but this coach doesn't seem to be about it. Now we're done ranting. Let's get into some praise for some guys this year uh, through the first two weeks. Jalen Hurts has had back-to-back solid weeks, 24.7, 33.02. Could have honestly had more than 33 had they not been winning the game by three touchdowns. Um, and it could have been an even more fantasy destructive game for him. Uh, but he's doing exactly what you hoped that he would do when you drafted him. Uh, the dual threat, getting touchdowns, getting rushing touchdowns, getting a lot of yards. Uh, so you got to give him praise. At the running back position, how about a guy that wasn't viewed as a number one running back because the team didn't view him as a number one running back. James Robinson, he had 19.9 in week one, 15.8 in week two. He's outperforming his expectations. He's outperforming his backfield mate in Travis Etienne. Uh, Don't know if it's going to continue, but really hope it does because he's a guy that when you put the ball in his hands, he makes the most of the opportunities. People who have him in fantasy football reap the benefits. Amon Ross St. Brown, guy I was high on all of last, well, not all of last season, but for the last six games of last year uh, because he went off for crazy numbers. He's doing the same in these first two games, 17 catches, 180 yards, three touchdowns on 24 targets. His last two fantasy fantasy finishes are 20.4 and 34.9. Had you not had 40-point games out of uh, Diggs, Hill, and Waddle, because they had multiple touchdowns and double-digit catches, Amon Ross St. Brown would have been up in that top three, possibly even won the week uh, at the wide receiver position. But three big performances for those guys. Doesn't even matter if you had Amon Ross St. Brown. He probably helps you win this week. And then at the tight end position, got to give love to Gerald Everett. Banged up Keenan Allen for the uh, Chargers. A lackluster performance in week one from Mike Williams. Gerald Everett stepped up. He had 14.4 in week one, 13.1 in week two. That makes him the tight end four so far this year. Uh, You know, he is just making the most of the opportunities he's getting. And honestly, if I could get 14, 13, anywhere in that neighborhood from my tight end consistently every week, I would definitely take it. So Gerald Everett deserves some praise from the fantasy community. Now let's finish off with the love and hate portion. Uh, We'll end out the show with that. Let's start with the quarterback position. I love Derek Carr this week going up against Tennessee. 17.6 is what he's projected. Tennessee gave up uh, 317 yards, four touchdowns, and 29.68 fantasy points to Josh Allen this past week in essentially three quarters. Now, obviously, Derek Carr is not Josh Allen, but he has a lot of great weapons where he could emulate that same kind of game. Uh, Tennessee in the first two weeks has given up 500 passing yards, six passing touchdowns. Uh, Just not good. Carr averages 274 uh, through the air and two touchdowns and did not have an interception last week. So that's a good start. Going to build on it going into this week. Tennessee, not as not as strong as you would uh, imagine them to be. And Derek Carr has a lot of weapons, so I love him this week. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who I love at running back going up against Indy. He's only projected 11.8, but 
But Indy gave up 12 points to Rex Burkhead. Who's Rex Burkhead? So 12 points is a lot going to that guy. And then 15.8 to James Robinson, who finished as a running back nine this past week. I'd put Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over both of those guys. And he's going to have a, I think he's going to have a huge game. Uh, He's the running back five on the season, averaging 19.1 fantasy points through the first two games and had two touchdowns through the air uh, in week one. So he's involved in the passing game. It's a good offense going up against a struggling uh, Colts team that gives up points to other running backs. And Clyde, I believe, is better than those running backs. So I think he's got a great week coming. Jamar Chase, I love him this week. He had a down week last week with only like 10.8 fantasy points, but he's going against the Jets. 17 and a half points uh, is his projection. The Jets gave up 119 yards or give up on average 119 yards, nine catches and 23 fantasy points to wide receivers. I think it's going to be a bounce back week for Chase uh, because the Jets have given up four total touchdowns two to one receiver in one week, along with a 55 yard touchdown in that same week. And then they gave up a hundred yards last week to Amari Cooper, who ended up having a huge game. Jamar Chase is on a different level than all of those receivers. And he's already got a 30 point game under his belt. So let's go with Jamar Chase. Love him this week going against the Jets. And then give me the tight end three uh, from last week. I love Zach Ertz going up against LA. Uh, he's projected 9.5. He's coming off a 15 point performance, 11 targets and a touchdown this week, along with the stat line he had last week is going to look real nice in that score column if you have them. So I love Zach Ertz, uh, for week three. Who do I hate this week? I don't care if he had a huge game last week. I hate Tua going into this week. He's projected 17.6, but he's going up against Buffalo. I'm going to hate any quarterback going up against Buffalo. Uh, Their defense has five interceptions, one returned for a touchdown, nine sacks, and they're the number two defense against the pass, only allowing 149 passing yards. Suffocating defense. It's going to be tough for uh, Miami to move the ball, I think. I know he had a big game. I know that the connection with Waddle and Hill is now established, but going up against a stout Stout defense. I think he's going to have a rough week. Antonio Gibson. I hate him at running back this week. Going up against Philly. He's projected 15, but Philly just only or just played Minnesota and only gave Dalvin Cook, who I believe is better than Antonio Gibson. They only gave up 7.6 to him last week. And Gibson against Detroit, who I would say is a worse team than Philly, only averaged two yards of carry and out. Only had two receptions. His only value last week was that he got a, got into the end zone. I think this week is not a good matchup. I don't think it's uh, going to be a good week for him in week three. Christian Kirk is who I hate at the wide receiver position going up against the Chargers. He's projected 14 points. But against Kansas City, the Chargers didn't give up more than three catches to any wide receiver. And they only allowed one touchdown to a wide receiver last week. And it was some fourth string guy. So even if Jacksonville possibly throws a touchdown, I don't think it's going to be to Christian Kirk. I think they're going to blanket him. And it's going to be a tough week, not only for Jacksonville, but for Christian Kirk. 
And my tight end hate this week is going to be Robert Tanyan because he's going up against Tampa. He's projected 6.9, but Tampa has a suffocating defense. Uh, Tanyan only has five receptions through two weeks and has yet to reach even his 6.9 projection uh, with 6.6 points and 3.1 points in the last two weeks. I am hopeful that he becomes the top target for Aaron Rodgers, but this week against a really stout Tampa team, you know, just like I don't like Tua against Buffalo, I don't like Robert Tanyan against Tampa. So that's what I... That's what I think there. Uh, but don't forget, tomorrow, tune in to Lucky Bets with Dylan Corbett. That'll be here on YouTube. Uh, and then tune in live on Twitch. Hopefully, next time I record it on Twitch. Uh, but tune in on Twitch, catch it live. Um, and then you can catch, obviously, the playback here on YouTube. But join Twitch, get involved in the conversation, uh, ask some questions. See what happens. Uh, and if you don't like watching, you just like listening, you can obviously listen wherever you listen to podcasts. But that's it for today. Join us tomorrow, uh, myself and Dylan Corbett for Lucky Bets. Then join on Thursday for the game day show and catch my picks right before the Thursday night game. But that is it for today, folks. Thanks for joining. And if you joined on Twitch as well, thanks for joining there. Uh, but we will see you tomorrow.